Tiffany. It's Issa. And I'm also Tiffany. And this is The Last Tiffany. And this is Tit Talks, a podcast for modern women living in a mama world. for joining us today. Um, today's topic is about one that's near and dear to my heart, Asian moms. <laughs> we, love we love you, mom. I actually told my mom about the podcast for the first time today. Oh, did you? How did she respond? Did she know what a podcast was? She has no idea. The, the only thing she, she asked me was like, is it like a little business? And I was like, I mean, I guess, I mean, it, it, it has the potential to be. She's like, okay, okay, like approve. That's all she heard. My uh, Glenn was immediately like, oh yeah, you should listen to it. And I was like, oh, no, mom, don't listen to it. And she's like, why is it dirty? Are you just talking about dirty stuff? Oh. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, I mean, not it's not dirty, but I can just imagine her shaking her head at everything that I say in any other episode as well. For all you listeners out there, I'm actually hosting this episode because my mom, AKA Mrs. Chukiet, is an endless source of good material. So this is like a common theme for, I mean, I, I hope I'm not sounding self-absorbed, but like <laughs> my mom as like a source of good content. My husband is definitely good content. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he provides uh, a lot to discuss we'll just say that and with respect to my mom I just we really don't see that changing anytime soon she's just constant fountain of content and comments that you know I'm 35 years old I should be used to all these things that she says but I don't know she still gets me every day (laughs) so she's um definitely the archetypal typical uh Asian mom (laughs) She the Tilo three drinks in guys. Yeah, I know. She's, sorry. She takes her cake. <laughs> that was that was still a big word though. Yeah. <laughs> is definitely. Yeah, she she totally is. Like, I mean, I could see, I could see a movie about her. I, I well, I wouldn't say a movie about her, but she would be a great character, like in in any sort of TV show. Yeah. Or movie. She's like the caricature of an Asian mom. I would yeah. Say. yeah. Have you guys seen the new, um, Jimmy O. Yang stand-up? It's, it's pretty cool. He talks about his dad and, and kind of how he's the archetypal Asian dad. And then his dad actually ended up getting this big role in this Asian series, in this Hong Kong series. So now his dad is a movie star because of Jimmy O. Yang. <laughs> That's, <laughs> like, no. That's like Aziz Ansari's parents. Yes, so Mrs. Shootcat would definitely, because she's so, she's so beautiful, like, she's got, like, the radiant face, like, she would definitely be a movie star, like, here or Thailand. You should tell her I said that. I'm totally, I was just gonna say, my mom loves you, and you are so good with her, like, anytime we have a get-together, my mom's always like, I talk to Ticha, and she agrees with me that. <laughs> xyz like yeah she she wants to have she said she wants to have a boy because you know i, I was telling her how i wanted how my mom was telling teacher how my mom wanted my second son to be a, a a boy and she got her wish but she was like i'm gonna tell her how, how all the techniques to have a boy and like what you should do and then i with with dogs and stuff like you you have such a good way of speaking with her and conversing with her so that she's like yes <laughs> Remember how she? What did she think of the rest of us? <laughs> I know. She, she just has a way of like making my mom think that she's right. Like I, 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 can't, I will never forget how my mom cornered you and was like, "You need to tell Tiffany to keep Riley outside and not let, let him in the house." Like, and that Riley was my my first big goofball of a dog and my mom is not a dog person by any means and when I moved back in with my mom I insisted that Riley stay inside otherwise I would stay outside with him and it was just a big ordeal but Riley actually like turned my mom no I wouldn't say he didn't turn her into a dog person but she actually pet him with her fingertip once (laughs) and that is like huge for my mom because she's not like 
And first, I'll never forget. She like went up to him and was like, her pointed finger on his back. It was really funny. So, so much stuff to discuss about her. Mm-hmm. But we here at TikToks, we are all the daughters of Asian Pacific Islander moms. And this episode is really meant to honor them. I know it's going to sound like I'm teasing my mom and, you know, <laughs> I don't want to say complaining about her because I would never do that. But um, it's just, I think my, my stories about my mom can paint like a fun picture of her. And then, you know, when I go back as a 35 year old woman, I can think about all these episodes and life events I've went through with her and I can really appreciate everything she's done. And I can appreciate why she does and says the things that she does. And it's, I know, and the, the ultimate reality is she does all this because she loves me, her only daughter. And, mm-hmm. and I really do appreciate that. But I, I think we all have some common experiences during our childhoods and growing up in America. We couldn't quite understand our Asian moms. And maybe at certain moments, we wish they were different. Just like growing up Asian American. Sometimes we might have wished we were different. But now we probably wouldn't change anything about them. We wouldn't change anything about our childhoods. Um, Some common themes you might hear us discussing about our moms are like how they were very strict. Like my mom was the strictest and out of all my high school friends now, she's she's definitely the strictest. It's funny how I can talk to them and they're like, oh yeah, your mom hasn't changed one bit. (laughs) Like at least my mom has lightened up a little bit since I'm mid thirties, but. (laughs) Yeah, she still doesn't want you to have a drink or have a good time. shake her head at me having a glass of wine I think another common theme is with Asian parents you might not hear so many verbalized statements of like pride and love usually as I've heard other people discuss it's like through cut fruit (laughs) or or some other other non-verbal act yeah which we accept and now we can embrace another theme is uh resourcefulness that might even equate to hoarding my mom is my mom is like that but I will say if I mean she can be sort of a hoarder but she is the neatest hoarder that I've ever seen for all the plastic I don't know if you if your moms keep plastic bags yeah. my mom definitely does but she folds them do you guys did yeah. you fold in the triangle oh no that's another level <laughs> my mom will take the time to fold a plastic bag she'll lay it out into a perfect box and then fold it into four vertical parts and then horizontally and then it'll make like a perfect triangle and that will save space in the bigger plastic bag that stores that holds them yes I need to I need to uh definitely take a picture and show you guys again but one thing when, when another common theme about our mom is they're absolute heroines they're forced the forces to be reckoned with, and we know that they've struggled with their life to give us the best. And that's something that I will repeat. I will repeatedly say because I do understand that about my mom. And I guess, you know, we just love them. We wouldn't change a thing about them. I just I laugh when I say that because sometimes I'm like, oh, I would totally change this about them. But for the most part, you know, I wouldn't change anything about her. And I am me because she is who she is. And and that's a pretty good thing. I'm a, I turned out to be okay. Yeah, you did. So that's kind of my intro. And um, yeah. I guess I'll, I'm just going to talk about my mom's background and some stories growing up with her to paint this picture of Mrs. Chukiet, who is really a badass woman. Oh. So Mrs. Chukiet, she was one of 10 kids, the second youngest. Isn't that what? Wait, what? I had no idea. One of 10. I know. <laughs> so I always think about that, like how, like my mom's personality is so crazy. I wonder how she stood out among like the 10 siblings, but she was the second youngest. She's particularly close to a to one of her sisters who whenever I go to Thailand, I'm like, I understand how my mom is the way that she is because her sister that she's closest with is like my mom on steroids. And it's really crazy. Oh no. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, was it, was it because she was the youngest? She felt like she had to use her voice the most, maybe? Uh, one of the youngest I mean I I I don't think it was because she was 
the youngest. I think with my mom, she grew up with not a lot. So when she came to America, she was so appreciative of all these things. And it's like everything she could appreciate and hold sacred and be like, we got to keep this can clean. We got to keep this room super clean. So it was all like just her, her resourcefulness, I guess, is like more of a just a byproduct of her appreciation and kind of lack of resources when she was growing up in in Thailand. But yeah, so my my dad was her only boyfriend ever. Can you believe that? <laughs> and I was she your <laughs> oh, my dad's only girlfriend? <laughs> Isn't that my, and my dad like my dad used to smoke. He used to party. Like he's social. Like he throw I, I used to see him throw about the whiskey and it's so funny to, to see how how different they are. But yeah. it worked. I guys seen pictures of them in their 70s clothes and it looks super they look so cute and cool. I need to show this to you. I, I wish I like bought a picture to like you just you just created the next episode. Mr. Trukiot. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, he's, okay. I want to talk about him too. <laughs> I know. So yeah, uh, you know, my, my mom met my dad in Thailand. They, they got married when they were like early 20s. He's he's been her only love interest ever in life and when they came to america they came here with 500 dollars in their pocket i always hear this story and <laughs> my dad worked at a hand car wash my mom worked at kfc tilo <laughs> that was yeah. also my first job <laughs> yeah I, I love that so tilo and me too were also named after the same chinese ice skater yes <laughs> Tiffany Chen from the 1980 whatever Olympics was it 82 I don't remember <laughs> I think that was too although like it was in the actual labor and delivery room it was like between Tiffany or Christina and it Ooh. was yeah and fate would have it because of TikToks like my mom chose yeah. <laughs> otherwise it would be TikToks <laughs> wait Peter, are you saying that you were named after Tiffany Chen as well <laughs> yes I was <laughs> she was popular we need to google her i know where is she now <laughs> you guys yeah. need to thank her yeah <laughs> so yeah she she came to the u.s got her job at kfc and i think after that i'm pretty sure her next job was the job she currently has which is she's an accountant for a sheet metal company and she's been there for 30 way over 30 years it's crazy because that this job is perfect for her. Like just numbers, all day numbers, and keeping busy and focused like with that. And she does some human resources, but uh, but yeah, she she's an accountant at a sheet metal company. And it's funny because her, uh, I guess the, I guess they're her coworkers. I mean, she's she's the only person in the accounting department. And it's so funny to see her interactions with them. Like she's such a sarcastic. She can be a sarcastic bee. You know, yeah. like she, re I remember when I first heard her use the word, oh, well, the term smart ass. I was like, what? Where did Who she, are you? <laughs> where did she learn that? And like the, the word crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny thinking about her interactions with them. Like she's like kind of like one of the guys, but, but not really. So but she must be so valued to have been at the company for such a long tenure. Oh, she must she, love her. She, she totally is. She's like part of the family. It's like a. It's like a family-owned um, business, and yeah, I guess she's kind of just part of the family. But um, yeah, she started working there when my parents moved to Irvine, and my mom is so obsessed with her life. She loves her small, quaint life in Irvine. Like, it's like a five-minute drive from her house to her office, and she wouldn't have it any other way. Like, perfectly manicured streets and um, a 99 ranch. It's the American and, dream for her. Yeah. yeah Where did they... Where did they live when they first got here before they went to Irvine? Um, I think they lived in Glendale and they lived oh. in La Mirada. Oh! Those are the, the two corporate headquarters of the company I work for. How weird. <laughs> so, yeah, that's so funny. I lived in La Mirada from when I was like zero to two. And when I was two. Oh, did you? Moved to Irvine. Oh, wow. In, in, moved to Irvine in the house that we are now in the process of purchasing from my parents because my mom I can't say that she's making us buy this house but <laughs> pressured us into it and it's also you know for our for our for our, it's a it's a good decision 
it's, it'll, it'll be a good move for us to, to move um, to Irvine from Huntington Beach. For the most part, I mean, yeah, she definitely like pressured into <laughs> She's a strong force in your life. <laughs> she in all of our lives. <laughs> you cannot imagine like selling that house to someone who's not like in family. It <laughs> but it, it's working out this way too. That's how we ended up in Irvine. And she's always been like a very strict parent, like in high school. She's Mrs. Chukiet to me and my friends. And I want to say, like, I was a great kid in high school. I listened to her. I I got in no trouble. The only trouble I ever got into was at home because she was super strict. And I now, now she realizes that she was too hard on me because she doesn't ever, because anytime I like slightly raise my voice at Kai, like Kai, don't, don't do that. She's like, you need to talk to him with love and understanding and <laughs> yell at him. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's grandparent <laughs> syndrome. That's grandparent syndrome though. <laughs> Wait, did she, did she actually admit and say like, Tiffany, I was too hard on you. She didn't, she hasn't said those words. Yeah. But she has acknowledged that she treated me differently. Which I know. That's a big that's, step. That's big. That's crazy for my mom. Differently from like your brother or like differently, like how other parents would treat their daughters? Differently from how she thinks I should parent Kai today. Wow. That's huge. That's yeah. a lot of self-reflection. It yes. is. I, I couldn't believe it because first of all, even without her giving me that advice or those life lessons, like I'm still, I, I would still be way nicer to him than, than yeah. she was to me. But, but yeah, she does, you know, she's, Kai is her baby angel, so she's gonna make sure that he's, like, always coddled and padded with cotton, and, and <laughs> definitely, I definitely, I definitely didn't get that. <laughs> but it's okay, because you still win, you still win out of all of this, because you get to see a part of yourself being, like, treated like royalty. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. For sure. Especially, yeah, now that I'm grown up and I have my own money. <laughs> she can't <laughs> tell me that you way. can get hair highlights. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like in high school, I, I never went out because she always said no. I mean, I, I'm sure I went out like every once in a very blue moon. Yeah. But, you know, it was like studying only. And um, I, I, I guess, you know, in a way that's good because I will say, I think I peaked at least just academically in high school. Thanks all the pressure. I thought that helped me get into UCLA to meet all of you. You missed this Yeah. I mean, you went to law school. There was another peak. <laughs> yeah. But even then, like, I think I, I, I definitely, I didn't focus enough in at UCLA to get into, like, a super top-tier law school. Even when I was in law school, I was still, you know, embracing the fun and the freedom. Um, but whatever. I'm not, I, I'm not, I love my life now, so... That's all that yeah. was, quite honestly. I did peak academically in high school. <laughs> all APs, all honors classes, yeah. But, I mean, who brags about that? <laughs> I mean, I think most of us do. Like, um, was anybody, like, summa cum laude or magna nope. cum laude here? We're scraping by. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you're not the only one, too. <laughs> for that. <laughs> You feel like a little bit less like I, I don't want to say wasted my parents' money, but um, I, I wish I could have, you, you saw those people who just like took advantage of all the extracurricular activities and studied so hard and like took advantage of office hours and blah, 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 blah. But man, I, I was learning <laughs> to live as an adult with like my There nature. you go. <laughs> I remember this one time they, my parents left for a night or two and I was, you know, discussing with my friends who... I mean, I, we weren't like nerdy, but we weren't like cool either. We were just like normal, studious Asian American kids. But we like had a, you know, a so-called party at my house when my parents left. And for the most part, I thought we had cleaned up pretty well, but there was like one detail and it was like a rug. It was like a kitchen rug that was misplaced. And my mom got home and was like, what happened here? It's like, she knew everything and I didn't I, I wasn't a good liar at least with respect to that because I was like nervous about it I, yeah. I had to learn to be a good liar with respect to other aspects of my life but uh <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that but that's you know my mom's like attention to detail so yeah that's my mom Mrs. Chukit to me and my friends the ones that only she only let me 
study and occasionally go out. Sometimes we went out for boba. Ooh. And even when, like, we, we would be studying <laughs> for like four hours and she'd be like, go out for, why are you going to go out for boba? Like we have food here. But, uh, you know, living it up, boba. Yeah. yeah. So she, Mrs. Chukia was tied with my, my friend, um, Elaine's mom for being the strictest. And Elaine happened to live down the street. It was really funny because her mom's funny too. She's great. But now Elaine and I will talk occasionally and she, she will fully acknowledge, like, yeah, your mom's the strictest now. <laughs> it's like, it's 30 year old living. Like, she did not let up. <laughs> she did not let up. She didn't let up at all. Yeah, I guess, you know, my mom, my mom's mentality with like, and I think bringing this over with her from time is like, you suffer before you have fun. You have to suffer and pay, pay your dues. debts before you, and then, and then when you've paid all your debts and suffered, then you can go have fun. But in a way, it's kind of like, you're just supposed to suffer all of your life <laughs> when is your fun coming though then Chuk? when is your fun coming well, it's i mean i don't know my my, my fun is here because i make it and i have to you know sometimes lie to her about it but I, I she's even though she's still the strictest mom she's more okay with like the fun now i guess you know because my mom was so strict i went to college and found my freedom and kind of went you know wild you know that and that's subjective I mean I didn't fail out of school or anything but I just I definitely like gained a lot of weight from drinking a lot my first were we on the quarter system first quarter at UCLA yeah, we were I got, I got the cartilage piercing <laughs> and my mom hated that but I still was like no this is my thing I'm gonna have a cartilage piercing in my ear but she didn't know that on the, on the same day I got a belly button ring which I think got infected it just wasn't good but and then I went home one time and I like stretched, forgetting that I um, had this belly button ring. She was just like, she saw it and she couldn't even yell. She was so mad. She was calmly just saying, I saw it. I saw it. And she repeated it like 10 times. And I just like, I, I just went to the bathroom and took it out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like way too scary. I get friends. Like, Do you remember that one that one Vegas trip? The the three of us, <laughs> me, Tito, and Isa, went and got our noses pierced. And you actually you didn't even think about it because you were like, my mom would disown me. There's no way. I'm just gonna stand back and I'm just gonna like participate by cheering you guys on, but like I can't do this because I <laughs> and we were like we totally understand we're gonna get our noses yeah <laughs> and that all like and it looked so cute I was so sad that I couldn't get my nose pierced but yeah I just <laughs> it, was that, it was that episode in my life where I I was like is she going to have a heart attack and <laughs> on the inside because that's what it seems like you can't hide a nose piercing yeah. no <laughs> um Funny, yeah, my mom, yeah. and to this day, she'll, she's so anti-tattoo. You know, body's so sacred. And you won't be able to get a job if you have a tattoo or something like that. I, you know, my mom's just, like, very strongly entrenched in this belief that I can never get a tattoo. And it's to the point where I think, you know, I told people this, like, I think she would prefer I have, like, a, a drug problem. <laughs> over, like, <laughs> over Defacing even, like, your body. <laughs> yeah, like... At least people can't tell right away. <laughs> quirky things, you know, quirky beliefs by my mom. So that was college, still strict. She was trying to adjust to, to me growing up and finding my freedom. But like, even in law school, I, I moved back in with her for a little bit towards the end because um, just made economic sense to move back in with them for a little bit. So in, in law school, I was 23, 24. So well over 21. But she could not take me having a glass of wine in the evening because I would do it and do it more than once a week. She, she would think, oh, my God, do you need this to sleep? Like, are you an alcoholic? Do you need wine to sleep? Like, she's so dramatic about it. It's like, obviously, I'm, I don't need it to sleep. But, I mean, who doesn't enjoy a glass of red wine? <laughs> once in a while so it just got to the point where um 
she would she would make my drinking way less fun. So I had to drink alone in my room with the door locked. And even then, my mom is so sensitive to like the smell of alcohol. What? I know she she sounds like if you popped a bottle of wine, she'd be like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on more than one occasion, um, she she would knock on my door. I had the door locked because I was drinking the wine in my room. But she would say, "Tiffany, what are you doing in there?" And I'd say, "I'm I'm reading." And she's like, "Are you drinking wine?" (laughs) I'd say, "No, obviously not." And then she says, "I smell it." So she she smelled. She discovered, she knew, she knew I was drinking wine. Yeah. Like a glass, just trying to enjoy some life. But she didn't like it. And I remember when, when I moved out, when my now husband helped me move out of that house. <laughs> he saw, there were like six empty bottles of wine just because I, I didn't have a good way to like always throw them out. So it was just wine bottles clinking underneath the, the bed. <laughs> So, oh my gosh. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. And even now, you know, as an adult, constant reminders to m- make sure I brush my teeth, make sure <laughs> I go to the dentist, make sure I wash my face. Make, I mean, she's like, do you wash your sheets? Do you wash oh, your pillowcase? Like all those questions of very, like, obviously, yes. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm an adult. Like I, <laughs> do I smell like I don't wash my sheets? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm really excited for us to get to like the mother and daughter when the daughter becomes a mother portion of this because sometimes my mom asks me like point blank do do, do you have food for Kennedy oh my god (laughs) it's always giving me food for Kai too as if like I I had no intention of feeding him like no plan he said, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm glad you're here to tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. The reminder. And, you know, and some of these, some of these incidences you guys have been a part of, like, she, um, when I had my kids, she really wanted me to have a boy, and she really felt that, like, telling me to have a boy and to, like, look into what I can do to have a boy, um, she would really, like, impress that upon me that I need to do what the Chinese people say to do to have a boy, and you guys were there when we found out the gender of, or the biological sex of my second son. And she was like, can this one have the Chuki at last name? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like a question that I didn't even, and she had like, no, no wherewithal of how weird that would be because I mean, my, my sons will have the same father. And my first son has, um, you know, my husband's last name, which is Silva. Uh, but she wants my second son to have a the Chukiet last name because who else can carry on the the Chukiet last name? My brother has two girls. Yeah, she she bargained with us, and now Chukiet will be the middle name. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you know what I find odd about that? That it was not your dad asking that, but it was her because she, she married into the Chukiet family. It's not even her last name. Mom's <laughs> last name actually. I actually asked my dad if he cared, and my dad was like, I don't care. <laughs> I couldn't see your dad caring. I guess, like, the one of the last, you know, the last uh, stories I'll tell about my, my mom is that I, I, you know, again, I this is just, like, the tip of the iceberg that I'm discussing today on today's episode. There, there's way more, but my mom is so, she, I know it's all just a product of my mom's great love for me. <laughs> and even um, when, when I had Kai, she employed Tilo, if you're for Tilo and Ticha, you was, and maybe he's just familiar with this too, like the Chinese postnatal recovery process. Yeah. Are you, um, where you can like only drink room temperature or warm water. Yeah. And you have to drink this. Mm, this drink that you make in like a slow cooker and it tastes so does not taste good it's like herbs and it's dark dark red I don't know what I'm drinking but it's got to be good for me because it's so bad yeah <laughs> multiple times a day and my mom like she she worked so hard like she, it was she tirelessly put her effort into like making all this food and this like healthy warm beverage for me and it was so it was so heartwarming that you know I'm like 
here I am becoming a mom and still like working hard to, to be, you know, so motherly to me. But, you know, I can appreciate this. This was also featured on like Fresh Off the Boat. I don't know if you guys saw those Not that particular episode. Did she, you tell her to cut the shit this time or is she going to do the same thing? <laughs> no, I, she told me, like, she told me um, after, after we finished with Kai, she's like, I can't do this again for your next baby. I'm like, good, that's fine. <laughs> I just, I just want to drink like Sprite and I just want to eat snacks. But, uh, yeah, so she was like, I, this is way too much work. I can't do it for your second one. But she's totally doing it for, she's, she's like getting in prep mode to, to make all that stuff. And the funny thing is like, as, as against alcohol as she is, she told Glenn the other day, because Glenn picked up Kai, and she told Glenn, Glenn, I need you to bring me a bottle of whiskey or Hennessy, because I guess they use that first. Oh, wow. That healthy drink. It's just funny. It was like, to hear, to imagine my mom saying Hennessy. Asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> but you uh, should tell her she can outsource that shit now. <laughs> There's companies that do that. <laughs> I, yeah, she, I, you know, my mom can be so crazy about like who makes your food, even though like she'll go out. She, she has her own ideas of like how food can be like, she, she hates that Glenn fishes, but she will buy fish at the store, but she just doesn't like that Glenn kills the fish. Even though like Glenn, he's so, he's like, so like, he's so great about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's, he'll never be, wait, he, he'll never be wasteful about a fish, but um, yeah, he's very thankful. He always gives things to the fish before he you know, kills it. And we eat all of our fish, but she's very like, you, you, you can't kill the fish, but she'll definitely go buy it from the store. So I guess for, for this recovery process, the postnatal recovery process, she's like, you don't know what people are doing. You don't know if they're doing it the right way. So I, she chooses to be picky about that, even though like she eats out all the time. <laughs> she has like, their idiosyncrasies. Oh my God. She'll go to the Chinese restaurants and say, uh, no MSG. <laughs> like, don't add MSG. Is that possible? They're all like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and I think they just, yeah, they're definitely ignoring you because um, you got to have MSG. And it's also not bad for you. Uh, I mean, uh, according to David Chang, and I, I choose to believe David Chang. But, but yeah, I guess, you know, with my mom, I, this apple, me, couldn't have fallen <laughs> like from the tree like with regards to like you know my love of my dogs and you know uh, having fun and I, I, I don't party so much as I as like we used to but we'll go to Vegas for 24 hours and just you know doing doing what we do <laughs> <laughs> like you know you know my dating life I did a lot of people I had some fun dating and definitely not one one guy for the whole for my whole life <laughs> same <laughs> Like, so this apple fell very far from the tree, but it was also like, it was also like, I feel like I was picked up by a strong wind and then like transported to another country. Like that's how far it is. But I can, I can definitely appreciate my mom. I know Glenn sometimes thinks that I act like my mom and that's whatever. That's fine. I take that as a compliment. But in the end, it's just, my mom is so quirky. She's so unique She's still the strictest mom and I love her for it. And yeah, I look forward to hearing all of your stories about your moms and how they've shaped who you are because it's always a fun, fun way to get to know your friends and other people through seeing how their moms raise them and learning about their moms. Well, I love your mom and all her, (laughs) (laughs) and all her glory. Um, My mom was also um, one of 10 and she was the youngest. sister is 20 years apart from her so my mom is turning 60 on the 29th of June um and which is coming up shortly guys and then her sister actually this year turned 80 so (laughs) so what a gap right wait so how old is your grandma again my grandma is is turning 98 on the the 12th wow so she had her first one when she was 18 then yeah which was old by the way 
Wow. We, we'll get into that in another episode, but. Isn't this crazy how like our moms are like one of so many and like nowadays it's like one minimum, two maximum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my body. Yeah. Well, what's funny is it was like three is the perfect number when I was growing, like when my mom was having kids and now it's like two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Be expensive. They are so expensive. <laughs> that it's the sign of the times. Yeah. Um, but my mom, my mom's pretty liberal. My mom grew up on Guam and she was the baby of the family. And she's also a cancer. So this is where we kind of butt heads, I think, our signs, because I'm a Gemini. <laughs> We're 10 days apart in birthdays, but my mom is very like she'll I think she'll keep her feelings in, but then like it will all of a sudden like blow up <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like why haven't you been telling me this this whole time I could take it I'm very black and white and, and she's like builds it up and stuff so but my mom's a cancer great mom. I get that oh I'm your mom <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think get that. it is I think it is a sign thing yeah. um, but she's super great growing up she would do everything homework cooking like meal was always made by the time my dad got home and then when she went back into the workforce she did the same like she did it all my dad had the privilege of going to work coming home and resting I'm so proudful of my mom I would never be able to do that me and Jake really split our responsibilities and during this time during the pandemic he's really taken on taking care of sauna he cooks I mean it really came about like me being pregnant and everything, but he super takes care of us. He does the laundry. He cooks. He's amazing. So I give it up to my mom because I don't think I could ever do everything and not go out like out of my mind, like crazy with like all this mental load, you know, that we talk Mm -hmm. about, but like even the physical load of all of that and two boys nonetheless. Um, And yes, I helped, but um, she was really the mastermind. So I'm just going to give it up to my mom. My mom's really fun, though. She's super fabulous. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a tomboy at all, but I, I love to wear sneakers. My mom is always in, like, heels. <laughs> Growing up, I never was able to wear – I was always in a skirt or a dress until I was, like, in middle school. Because my mom would just, <laughs> you know, she would just dress me up to the nines until I had the mind to be like, Mom, can I have some jeans? <laughs> and she was like, why would you – why do you need those? <laughs> So uh, I have to give it to my mom. She's like super fashionable, super fun. You know, after divorcing my dad or separating from my dad, you know, a lot of years went by. But when she started dating, you know, I would tell my husband, like, you better watch out. You better treat me good because I could be like 50 and like my mom and she has no problems. Oh, that's what I have to say, like, that really defines my mom. Like, she's not super strict, I think, because she knows I'm a super strong woman, and I am very strong in my beliefs, um, that she doesn't need to, she knows if she lent her her purview or whatever in that realm, that I'm still going to do what I want to do. So she gives me her recommendations, for sure, but it's not like it's Bible. <laughs> it's not, not like Mrs. Chukiet. No, so she's very opposite of Mrs. Chukina, but still super strong. Like, she'll say some, like, odd, she's a know-it-all, and mom, I love you, but (laughs) any, you can think of any situation that you've been through, like, an odd situation, like, I'm a vet, and I served in, in this country. She, like, I don't know, she is, like, a keeper of all the facts, so she will pull up her fact and, you know, she will give it to you like it's like, you know, written in the encyclopedia. It's endearing in a way. But sometimes Jake and I, we look at each other and we doubt the things she says. She's like the master. You know, sometimes you got to call her out. <laughs> and I think that's where we kind of butt heads too. But she's, she's great. I don't really have like anything growing up. I, you know, I was so good. She always says that I was like, so good that she really didn't need to police me so my mom was super supportive I remember one time I got really sick in college I couldn't even go to my final I ended up going to my final but as soon as I got back to my dorm I called her before she was there and they lived two and a half hours away and she was there to just pick me up and take me home and take care of me so I'll have to give it up for my mom for being protective and loving I'm lucky to have her, especially during this time. She totally understands like the political climate because she's pretty liberal and yeah, 
I think that's it. I mean, do you guys have any cool stories of my mom? I do. <laughs> I'll never forget this because I, I I don't I feel like I haven't known your mom for a very long time. But the like I when I first my my story is like when I first met her, and I think that was at a Halloween party out when you were in downtown LA. Uh huh. Like, and East's epic Halloween parties, but I like it was fairly early in the night, and I sat down and I see this. I I almost I also I want to say I see this girl sitting next to me, and I'm like, hi, I'm Tiffany. Who are you? And she's like, oh, I'm Pauline. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, how do you know Issa? She's like, you're Issa's mom. You're Issa's mom. This is crazy. And maybe it was like a mix of like the, your mom looks, she's like, you say she's turning 60. I would never guess that. No. Your mom has like long flowy hair and she's dressed so well. It was just so, yeah. I was, I was so taken aback. Like, wow, this is, this is Issa's mom. Um, <laughs> So that, that wasn't like my one story of meeting her but she kind of reminds me of Tita actually like her composure yes I could and I, her I, yeah just her air about her it's just like you'll never watch her you'll never catch her slip in yeah <laughs> I, no, I actually have an image of her from the sorority house and like the long hair with your brother so young but in my mind, she's fucking like gliding. Like she's not even walking. She's just like a <laughs> gliding figure, like walking around the house. Like, like she just has this poise to her for yes. sure. Yeah. And she makes the damn good fried chicken. <laughs> oh yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 She's definitely got like this weird Beyonce like quality where it's like, she not only is with it, but she's like with it with all the current events. Like she feels way cooler than I will ever be. No. <laughs> You're just as cool. Yeah. And she's untouchable or something. Yeah. Yeah. And first of all, she's got this hot boyfriend and she's like, uh, well, you know, I don't feel like spending all my time with you. I've got these other obligations. (laughs) Yeah. My mom, my mom definitely has like, I don't know, all of her guys, like you can't tell, but they're like athletic. I mean, you can tell, I mean, they're older now, you know, but they're either like surfers or like, I don't know, like they always have abs. (laughs) I don't know how I see this, but she posts her boyfriend's like without a shirt on. Okay, guys. Oh, I remember that one time I had a birthday on the beach. Remember, Scott was playing volleyball and it was just like, yeah. Everyone's everybody. Just not even trying. He's probably super easy. like, I know. Yeah. Um, shoot, I had, a, I had a story I was going to tell, but I completely forgot. Oh, yes. So my mom is like this, yeah, kind of like a, she's not, a stepper, I don't want to call her a stepper wife because it has a negative connotation, but she, yeah, she's pretty like composed and pretty, you know, like put together, like everything's pretty great and perfect. But one time it, it just, it just shows how crazy she is, but she would cook from scratch for all of us all the time for her kids. So one time I went to my aunt's house and she was making Chef Boyardee and she, I guess in front of me, I must've been like eight years old in front of me. She cracked open the can of pasta and I saw it and then I guess I threw this like big fit gosh I was so spoiled threw this big fit and then she called my mom and my aunt was like your daughter refuses to eat my food she says it's dog food because we used to give our dog Alpo in the can all the time so I thought it was dog food and I like really thought my aunt was trying to torture me and her kids by feeding me dog food (laughs) and then my aunt was like your kid is (laughs) but I will tell you guys in college like actually after I moved out on my own into an apartment like all I wanted to eat was chef boyardee like spaghetti or ravioli because I never had stuff like that (laughs) I just made that for the kids two days in a row They love I, it. <laughs> I still love it to this day. Jake won't let me touch it because we bought it as like rations. Rations. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's good. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> That's a funny little funny story growing up. <laughs> but I, I really love that story. I didn't know that this about you, but that you got sick and that your mom came. And I think that's so poignant now just because like a mother's love, it just never goes away. And, and, you know, with George Floyd dying and, and, you know, those being some of his last words, it's like, there's that um, photo going around that says when he, when he cried for his mom. All mothers were so many. Yeah. And I think that's just really poignant at this time. You never stop being a mom, really. 
Nope. No. And I think yeah. that shows in Mrs. Chukiat too. Like all of that comes from her extreme love for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, um, I think the common theme is that their love is so steadfast and like, sometimes they're in the background, sometimes they're in your face, but they're always there no matter when you need them. And they're the one thing that you can count on for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. dads too, but like the mom is there all the time. And how yeah. lucky are we, right? How yeah. That we, we know we have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when Kennedy was born, like she was the one person that like reported to my house every morning at 6 a.m. without fail, sometimes early at 5.50, so that I had some extra time to get ready. Like, she was here every single day at 6 a.m. And then she would stop her shift at like 4 p.m. when I got home from work. Yeah, and she was just she was just at it all day without complaint, no pay, nothing, nothing. Yeah. I remember, I remember. I think we were asking you before Kennedy was here, like, are your parents planning on watching Kennedy? And I, I think initially you said no because mm-hmm. it was like they, the, I thought they had initially said no, and I remember thinking that I'm like, that's they're gonna <laughs> when the baby's here, right? Because like when the baby's actually here, they they're gonna be like they they want to see with their own eyes that the yeah, yes. And it's yeah. so funny because it's true. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, you called it. You called it. Now it's like, that's, she is their number one priority. I didn't, to, to be clear, I didn't say that, but I was saying it. That sounds like it's not going to be right when. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could take it from here. This is Tilo. I would say, uh, <laughs> I would say my mom is probably the antithesis of the typical Asian mom. My mom is super cool. Yes. Yeah, and you didn't grow up with her, but yeah, <laughs> I feel she's I feel, cool now. <laughs> yeah, from from a, like a from an outward point of view, I feel like she definitely is a positive positive outward emotion outpouring. Um, she's very jovial, I would say. But um, similar to your guys' moms uh, so far, she is actually also the youngest, but of five, and. Only five. Um, yeah, only five. <laughs> Still a big family. <laughs> yeah, but actually, I, I don't. I'm not really sure what happened, but like, so they grew up in Canton, China, and then migrated to Hong Kong, and then I think within that, like, t- two of the sons uh, passed away because she's the youngest and the oldest is my aunt, and there's 13 years between them, so there's like quite a large gap as well. But she is the baby, and and she's told me similar to like what you said, Chuk, just of like um, modest beginnings. Like now that we all own homes, we, we understand what like 400 square feet is. It's not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, they lived in like basically community housing mm-hmm. in, um, in Hong Kong. I think it was my mom herself, her sister, her, her sister's husband, and then my, my uncle. Like they all lived in like a 400 square foot, like wow. little, you know, little, <laughs> little space. And then my mom was very young when she came over. Um, she actually went to Belmont High School in Los Angeles. And um, oh. I think she was 16 when she came and, and she took ESL classes and all that. It's really interesting to hear her stories from back then because, you know, she didn't really speak English. She was doing the ESL classes. And then as we grew up as kids, like she was just like, well, we're in America. You guys need to be Americans. Like, you know, so while my dad was like always talking to us in Cantonese, she was kind of like, you kind of need to assimilate. Um, so it's it very different, but I, I have like the, the most amount of respect for her that I, I don't know how she did it. Like when we were younger, um, and I don't know how typical this is, but like my dad basically just, he worked all the time and he, he didn't have an active place in terms of like the child rearing. So she really did it all. Um, and he worked, I think, six days a week when we were younger. So even on the weekends, she didn't get a break. And and really what came into the fold there was just family, family helping and support. But like from a day to day, from a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, she was it. And she actually did it all. And that's a lot. Like I can't even imagine because of the amount of support I have from Dave. Like I I just can't imagine. And, and when I say she was the antithesis. She always made sure that we felt loved. She always was very vocal about it. It wasn't like some of the, some of the experiences some people had where you never knew if they loved you or not. Like it was, it was very clear that she did. And I don't know, like I, I, further on the antithesis, like, I don't even know if I ever told you guys this story, but I think like she also was probably trying to figure things out and, and how to be a parent 
particularly because my dad wasn't in the fold either. When, when I was in high school, my dad lived in San Diego for a portion of the time because he was working at this casino in a Chinese restaurant out in um, uh, El Cajon. So he would only like come home like, I don't know if it was like once a day and uh, once a week, I'm sorry. And maybe it was like not every week, but at that time I was like 16. So I was in call, uh, high school and my mom would like allow <laughs> like my boyfriend at the time to sleep over at our house. Nice. Which is so, which is so super weird. That would never happen yeah. in my house. And if you think about it now, like, you know, some of us have daughters and you're just like, oh, it's questionable. <laughs> I had an open door policy, no sleepovers. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, I, I've actually, I should, but I've never gone back to ask her about it. But I don't know if it's like her being like, well, I'd rather you be under my roof than God knows what you're doing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But also like, I don't know, maybe she was struggling with like, how do you actually raise a teenage daughter? I think for us, it's very different. We have all these resources and we'll read books. We'll do all these things, right? But she comes from just a completely different era, I guess, yeah. of parenting. So I, I, you know, she just, I, I can't say enough about like positive things about her because even now she, at the drop of a thumb, like she'll just be there if we need something, if we need the kids to be watched or if we just want to like go out, like she doesn't judge us. She has never, ever in, in the five years said anything about like our parenting practices. Like in her mind, she is just like, this is your, your thing to deal with. I've done it already, but like, you know, it's your realm, essentially. These are your children, you know? And I think that's like, that's crazy. Like, like, like I could see myself not being able to hold my tongue for, for Tessa and Miles. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's a big thing as well. But I don't know. I just, she's, she's a very selfless person. And it's not to say that um, it was always easy growing up with her, because I think like, you know, looking back, as I look back, there's a lot of things I think she was going through for herself. Her husband was not around. She, she, she got married and then all of a sudden she had two kids and then you know, her husband's working all the time. And it was a very strained um, environment that I grew up in. And we would be remiss not to mention, I suppose, like the mental impact that would have had on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've wrote, I've wrote about it a little bit on my blog, but a lot of the things that I remember as a kid are not positive because of those experiences. But I just, she's such a strong person for having gone through it and for being so positive now. But a lot of things like just the passive aggressive that that she kind of um, spit when she was a kid now manifests in me because (laughs) as a child you kind of replicate what you see and and you know everybody talks about you need to model for your children you need to model positive behavior so a lot of what I saw was passive aggressiveness unfortunately so it's like something that Dave and I fight a lot about because he's just like similar to what you were saying about your mom Isa about being cancer I let it bottle and bottle and bottle and bottle and then I'm just like like and I explode and and I just I guess I'm still learning we're, we're, we're all on this journey but I'm still learning on how to be better about that but it's very difficult when that's the only thing you saw when you were growing up but you know that aside I I would never take back like what I had with her like she was the best like you know but I just I I I really do like have so much respect for her for for everything that she shouldered on mm-hmm. her own because it's not easy it's not easy even as with a full-time co-parent right now mm-hmm. it's not easy so she, she really she really is my hero I would I would say and and although it was a <laughs> It was a very anti-Asian experience. That was, that was my experience. (laughs) I would have to agree that your mom is super awesome and you only feel warmth. I mean, like every time I see her, she just, you're, she's really joyous and I don't, I've never seen her like upset or anything, but Mm -hmm. not that we all see each other's moms all the time, but I've never, you know, got a sense of, she's always been really great so and I I kind of get what she did with you when she was allowing you to have your boyfriend stay over because my mom did that with my brother my oldest brother when he was in high school had a very long time girlfriend he actually brought them so that she can go get birth control oh wow that's huge right yeah totally different from me but I think they didn't think they knew that I I wasn't that's not where my mind was but so I think you were right you hit the nail on the head it's like you'd rather have them be protective be smart about it and safe about it 
than and under your roof than sneaking around or like Jake and I used to like make out in church parking lots in my car like <laughs> I would have rather been in my room yeah and it probably would have been safer like we could have been pulled over I don't know there's so many things that could have you know so I, I definitely think your mom was so progressive because you know where I'm like 13 years older than my brother so like the same age difference so she was ahead of her time yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> I can kind of appreciate the fact that she was passive aggressive in a way I think I think Glenn wishes I was more passive aggressive than just so on just saying Correct. what exactly is on my mind like that's so nice of her to be passive aggressive I think <laughs> that just like, carry you a deal because my mom is like she's not passive aggressive at all I think, you know, you girls, I've coined this term. Well, actually, Glenn coined this term. We call it dim sum phase. Mrs. Chukit, when she goes to dim sum, if, if she see if they offer her a viewing of a dish and she doesn't like it, she doesn't just like politely say, no, thank you. She'll like, she'll make this face of disgust and like act like she's throwing up. And it goes <laughs> like, bang. Like, so you'll even hear a noise to, to that extent. And I think that's the that's the way I am too. It's like in some face and tone now. So I appreciate uh, that of you. Yeah, I think I think Glenn Glenn would rather me just be passive aggressive sometimes and less communicative. <laughs> you get what you get, and you don't get upset, as we tell our kids. <laughs> Good one. I haven't gotten that one yet. I'll use that. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. That's so all right. Well, I will finish us off. So my mom, did you guys know my middle name? No. Christine? <laughs> no, my, Michael was like joking about this the other day. He was like, you know what? So my middle name, I, I don't think I've ever told anyone because it's even on my birth certificate. It's just W. It's Wing. Oh, wow. It's like, You're an angel. Thinking, oh, thank you for thinking that instead of thinking like a turkey wing. <laughs> <laughs> Wings. Oh my what gosh! What does it mean so like, in Chinese? Wing, like like forever, like mm. wings forever. Um, which which sounds romantic there, but like wing is not so romantic. And her actual maiden name is Dong, so like Wing Dong. It's just like really. <laughs> 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 so he was like, if your name, if your nickname was like T Wing, that would have been cool. Ah, uh, <laughs> T is cooler. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Anyway, so my mom is the, she came from a family of four. So one older brother, her, oh my gosh, family of five. So same, same. Wow. So, oh yeah. And, and then we have five. Nine yeah. that's, that's Ten, cool. ten, five, five. Same, same, but different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so her family was born and raised in Hong Kong and she came over when she was 14. And it's, it's really interesting because she is, let's see, so she came over when she was 14, which is an odd age, right, to go to a different country when you're a teenager, and her siblings, her younger siblings were like, I think her youngest one was four when she came over, so oh, wow. we assimilated very well, so what a big difference, and they had applied for a permit, I think, six years prior, so it's almost like a sliding doors, like alternate universe type of situation, like if she had come to the U.S. like six years earlier like she could have lived a completely different life but like I can imagine like coming here going to like John Marshall High School in Chinatown where it's like very segregated and you're 14 years old and ESL classes and it's just a very different like life trajectory for you um so I think she she kind of like felt like she was already predestined for like a like a different kind of life like she would never fit in um and then she met my dad when she was so 16 or 17, I think. And he was like this Rambo Latino guy that spoke Chinese and he like swept her off her feet. And he was her first boyfriend too. And they got married four years later. Wow. I love this story. (laughs) Well, the thing is like, I've always known her as a mom um, and as someone who just like married the first guy that came around, but I never really thought about the challenges that she probably went through as well. Like she went through a lot of like discriminatory like weird stuff from her parents because they're like oh he's like dark and he like speaks Chinese funny and he like 
likes to buy these nice things. And so there's all this stuff that's happening on that end. And from all the stories that I've heard from my aunts, like she was the one that used to like buy the short skirts and she's the one that like made all of her own clothes and like went out to parties. So I think she lived a lot of life in the years that she was able to and really like packed in a lot of good experiences. And I think she, she always wanted to live a comfortable life um, and she always wanted to be a mom. And like, I, I know that she is very happy with me, but I know she would have been very happy with like four kids too. <laughs> but she actively tried for a very long time. And there's, there's one point where, um, it's funny because I always wanted a sibling as well. Am I the only, I'm the only child here, right? Mm -hmm. So there was one point um, when I was nine years old and she got pregnant and she was like three to four months along. And at that point I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want this. Like, I don't know if I want to have a sibling. Like, (laughs) just rub my life. I don't know. So it's, it's, it's really unfortunate that she actually went through miscarriage and she went through a little bit of a a depressive, I think, state. Um, that that took a while for her to get out of, but um, she she still was always present, and I think that instilled like a really strong sense of confidence in me, knowing that no matter what happens, like my mom is always there, and beneath that, my dad is always there. So like when you bring on that relationship element, it's like that relationship element isn't as critical because like someone's always there for you. And I've always wanted to do some like psychological study. Like when you have like a parent that's always there, like there's, I feel like your, your relationship, you know, changes as well. So that's always been a really interesting component because my parents are very close to me. Like I literally live right next door and that kind of confidence, I think like really ups my happiness level a lot. So she's, she's just, really really extraordinary and like no matter like what weird stuff pops out of her mouth like if you don't drink warm water you'll get cancer or like you know you should drink you should um well today it was like hot hot lemon and ginger tea make sure that you're cancer free and it's like, like <laughs> oh, I'm a joker and you need to write a book on like how to <laughs> yeah so it's like it's it's so easy to like just swallow all of these really interesting behaviors like there's never a time when she comes over and doesn't criticize like how I live or work or raise my child but it's okay because at the end of the day I know like she's the only like super super constant person that's there with me and like I interesting it if it weren't for this podcast I wouldn't have thought about like her wild and like super fun days like I remember uh she used to tell me there was a time she was working um at the Transamerica building downtown for this insurance company and like her co-workers would get like super sassy with her because she was the only one that drove a Mercedes-Benz and be like they'd be her because they'd be jealous that I had a Mercedes-Benz <laughs> fabulous life (laughs) to like recollect those things every once in a while to remember you know what I don't forget that because when we're at your house or like I remember one time your mom was going to host like this award something and she came down and she's like which pants should I wear and they were both like (laughs) freaking amazing super stylish and it was like I felt so honored in getting to like give my opinion like oh my gosh which which one should you wear (laughs) but I also like see her and you because she has like yeah this kind of pageant like not pageant like but like just really composed like really fashionable too um I know she's like you know big in her community so I kind of see that in you as well Oh, thank you. Yeah, she definitely has a real zest for life and like a uh, dramatic flair that she kind of like just squashed for a while because she just didn't feel confident with herself. But like, it's definitely out in full bloom. And now that like her friends are slowly getting back together again um, after quarantine, like I think she's starting to get back into that. So I hope that blooms again. Oh, thank you for that, Isa. Yeah. Oh, and it just reminded me, you know, both of our moms have battled cancer. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even going to talk about that, but cancer is the worst. There's a lot of bad things in the world. It's one of them. And they have really bounced back. And so, you know, we're proud of them for that too. Yeah. Yeah. And she fought it like a champ. Your mother did. And it's, it's a good example for mm-hmm. all of us. Um, and it brings a lot of hope. And I'm sure she was pretty strong even going through it too. 
Oh yeah. She was like, it's crazy. I can't think of me being that way in that position, but man, our moms are super women. Super women. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Super women who raised super Super women. women. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. I guess this is the end. <laughs> our episode. I hope you guys have really enjoyed our, um, you know, our our tales and our experiences and our reflections of our moms and how they've, you know, influenced us as, I guess, you know, professional women and as moms. We'd love to hear your stories and hear about your moms too. Um, so if you have any questions or comments, please uh, send us an email at tiktoks at gmail.com or send us a message to our Instagram account, T-I-T-T underscore talks. And we just love to hear from you. So also don't be afraid to let us know if there's any topics you want to hear from us, you want to hear us discuss. But I guess that's it. And thanks for joining us for our episode on our Asian moms and especially Mrs. Chukiat. Woo! Thank you guys. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. Five star reviews. credit to our husbands without their support on this project um, it would not be possible on top of that we'd like to thank our technical crew um, music production by baby daddy beats and graphic design curated by kano imamura and also i'd love to thank all of you guys co-executive producers all four of us you know this is our baby so thank you guys